You're listening to the podcast for Asbury United Methodist Church. Join us every Sunday for worship at 8.30 or 10.45. Find out more at asburybosier.org. We continue our series, Tattoos on the Heart. Uh, I I pray that you were here last week uh, to hear a message about how Father Greg Boyle, Jesuit priest, has dedicated his life uh, to ending gang violence in East LA. And I had the great fortune of being at Homeboy Industries earlier this year in Los Angeles. Uh, and it was, it's something that captures you, <clears throat> the ministry that he has. Uh, and dare I say, what is happening there in that holy place is tattooed on your heart. As we continue in this lesson, we talk about baptism today. And Father Greg Boyle, being a Jesuit priest, baptism is not just by water and spirit, it is water and oil and fire. Water that cleanses, oil that marks, and fire as we remember and recognize the light of Christ that is dwelling within us. Our scripture lesson today comes from 1 John, the third chapter, verses 11 through 17. It will be on the screens, it will be online, and it's also in your Bible. Let us hear the word of the Lord. For this is the message you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. We must not like be Cain, who was from the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous. Do not be astonished, brothers and sisters, that the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love one another. Whoever does not love abides in death. All who hate a brother or sister are murderers, and you know that murderers do not have eternal life abiding within them. We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, And we ought to lay down our lives for one another. How does God's love abide in anyone who has the world's goods and sees a brother or sister in need and yet refuses to help? This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. In this section of Father Greg Boyle's book, Tattoos on the Heart, he begins by telling a story about George and Cisco. The Friday night before George's baptism, Cisco, George's brother, is walking home before midnight when the quiet is shattered, as it is so often in his neighborhood, by gunshots. Some rivals creep up and open fire, and Cisco falls in the middle of St. Louis Street, half a block from his apartment, and he is killed instantly. His girlfriend, Anel, nearly eight months pregnant with their first child, runs outside. She cradles Cisco in her arms and lap and begins to rock him as if he needs sleep. And her screams syncopate with every motion forward. She continues this until the paramedics pry him away from her arms. I don't sleep much that night. It occurs to me to cancel my presence at the mass next morning at Camp Munts to be with Cisco's family. 
But then I remember George's baptism. When I arrived before mass with all the empty chairs in place in the mess hall, there's George standing by himself, holding his newly acquired GED certificate. He heads towards me, waving his GED and beaming. We hug each other. He is in a borrowed, ironed, crisp white shirt and thin black tie. His pants are the regular camp-issued camouflage, green and brown. I am devastated, completely wiped out, yet trying to keep my excitement at pace with George's. At the beginning of the Mass, with the mess hall now packed, I ask him, what is your name? George Martinez, he says, overflowing with confidence. And George Martinez, what do you ask of God's church? Baptism, he says with a steady, barely contained smile. It is the most difficult baptism of my life. For as I pour water over George's head, Father, Son, and Spirit, I know I will walk George outside alone after and tell him what happened to his brother. As I do, I put my arms around him. I whisper gently as we walk out onto the baseball field saying, George, your brother Cisco was killed last night. I can feel the air leave his body as he heaves a sigh that finds itself a sob in an instant. And we land on a bench. His face seeks refuge in his open palms and he sobs quietly. Most notable is what isn't present in his rocking and gentle wailing. And I've been in this place many times before. There's always flailing and rage and promises to avenge. There's none of this in George. It is, it is as if the commitment he has just made in water, oil, and flame has taken hold of his grief. And his grief is pure and true and more resembles the heartbreak of God. George seems to offer proof of the efficacy of this thing we call a sacrament. And he manages to hold all the complexity of this great sadness right here on this bench in his tender weeping. I previously asked him in the baptismal rite, after outlining the contours of faith and the commitment to live as though this was true. George, what, does, what are you asking of the church? And he says, baptism and all that goes with it. In the monastic tradition, the highest form of sanctity is to live in hell and not lose hope. George clings to his hope and his faith and his GED certificate and chooses to march resilient into the future. Sometimes resilience arrives in the moment you discover your own unshakable goodness. Sometimes it's necessary to reteach a thing its own loveliness, as the poet Galloway Kennell writes. And when that happens, 
we begin to foster tenderness for our own human predicament. A spacious and undefended heart finds room for everything you are and carves out a space for everyone else. Baptism. Water. Water has the power to cleanse, to renew, to refresh. As we learned from Frozen 2 last night during our drive-in movie, water has memory. All the water that ever is is all the water that ever will be. Through provenient grace, God moves toward us before we move toward God. The baptismal waters remind us that we are God's own. Nothing can ever take away our identity as God's own child. The point is to not allow the slings and arrows of outrageous misfortune, or in this case, injustice, to mar the image the baptismal waters in all of its memory is trying to reveal. Sometimes resiliency is all that we can muster, one foot in front of the other, fighting the good fight, a fight that leads to life, to renewed identity, to a revolution of remembrance by which hope and grace offers peace, honor, and a recognition of the blessedness found within us and within our neighbor. There is water and there is also oil. Father G tells another story about Miguel who is on the graffiti removal team at Homeboy Industries. He had been abused and mistreated and then eventually abandoned by his family. He became an orphan. He called Father G on New Year's Eve one year to wish him a happy new year and G asked him what he had been doing over the Christmas break and he announced that his friends had come over, friends who were also orphans who did not have families of their own, and they gathered and made a turkey together. Well, how did you prepare it? Father G asked. And he said, you know, ghetto style, a little bit of oil, some butter, salt and pepper, and some lemon juice. It tasted proper, though. Well, what else did you do? Nothing. Just that. Just staring at the oven, waiting for it to be done. Father G writes, one would be hard-pressed to imagine something more sacred and ordinary than these six orphans staring at an oven together. It is the entire law and the prophets all in one moment, right there in this humble, holy kitchen. We have water and we have oil. Oil, one cleanses and the other marks. Oil adds flavor. I would love to think that after our baptisms that we always remember our adoption by God, and that we never make a mistake, <laughs> that we never mess up, but we know this isn't so. It's one of the reasons why we have the baptismal font at the entrance of the sanctuary, so that the first thing you do, the first thing you do when you enter into this holy place is at least remember that you are God's. And you are loved. Oil, 
On the other hand, oil adds flavor. What does this adoption mean? What does it mean now to be called by God? What kind of flavor is God trying to call out of me for the world? Oil is not just for sustenance. It's not just to make sure the turkey works out. I mean, you could sit and eat a turkey alone and be full. That's not the point. The point point is to invite five other orphans to gather around you, not just so that you might share your next meal, but as the 23rd Psalm reminds us, so that your cup might overflow with the love of God. Oil also keeps the wrong things from sticking to each other, doesn't it? I love grilling. Uh, I'm not as as good as Raymond uh, is at smoking and grilling. Uh, I'm working. I I hope to be you when I grow up one day. Though I love it, uh, I'm not great at it, but I love it. Uh, I've I've learned the hard way that you have to have oil on the grates, on the grate of your grill, or it's just going to stick. Oil keeps the wrong things from sticking to each other. It's because when you add heat, if we're not careful, things might break down. What you have on the grill might fall apart. Father G writes this, in an acute gangster version of the Stockholm Syndrome, homies identify with and attach to their own weakness and difficulties and burdens. Yet hope, in the light of this, to shift their attention and allegiance to their own basic goodness. You show them that the bright blue sky of their sacredness, and they are transfixed only by the ominous clouds. Hear this, he says. You are the sky. Everything else is just weather. You are the sky. Everything else is just weather. Water and oil and flame. The flame, the fire is important. It is the energy. It is the movement. And as Father G tells us, love doesn't melt you. The fire of love doesn't melt you. It does melt everything that isn't you. It's like the refining fire of Christ's love. It's like that great parable at the end of the Gospel of Matthew, the sheep and the goats. The master will gather the nations of the world and will separate them as a shepherd separates sheep and the goats. And to the sheep, he says, you, you, you fed me. You gave me something to drink. You clothed me when I was naked. You visited me when I was in prison. You taught me of my own blessedness. Come, enter into the joy of your master. When did we do this? Well, if you do it to the least of these, you have done it to me. Come, enter into joy. And then to the goats, you you didn't feed me, you didn't clothe me, you didn't visit me. You had me focus on only the gloom and doom of life. You told me I was worth nothing. Well, if, if we had known it was you, we would have done those things 
Maybe not genuinely so, but just enough to get the reward? Well, for you, there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. You're just going to eat a turkey to get by. You're not going to know the flavor. You're not going to know the joy. You're not going to have a cup that runs over. This refining fire of God. And we are, here's the secret. They're not sheep and goats. We are both sheep and goat. (laughs) I'd love to say you're all as perfect as Raymond, but we're not. That refining fire of God's love burns the goat away within us. And through our thought and word and deed, we pray that the memory of the water that we received in baptism is enough for God to look at us and remember. As the thief said on the cross to Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. That is all we ask. Father, remember us. And we pray that after the refining fire of Christ's love, that there is enough of us to remember. Water, oil, and flame. Water cleanses us and renews our memory. Oil offers our life a flavor, and it keeps the wrong things from sticking to each other. Fire moves us to change the world by fighting the good fight so that Christ's love will burn away anything that isn't what we were created to be. As our scripture says, for this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. How does God's love abide in anyone who has the world's good and sees a brother or sister in need and yet refuses to help? People need help. Maybe that person is you today. I look at the Gulf and there's another storm coming this week. How long, O Lord? Already this year, There have been lots of storms that people have had to endure. Oh, and there have also been hurricanes too. May we love one another. God knows we need it. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Let us pray. Holy and righteous and loving God, May the waters of baptism and all of the memory held within remind us that we have been adopted by you. Through your prevenient grace, you have already claimed us as your own. Offer us the humility to accept this truth. Gracious God, the oil that marks us, the oil that heals, the oil that offers flavor to our life, may this oil also help us not be stuck in the assumption that we are worth nothing, that our problems will be forever, and that sadness will remain. May this oil keep us on the move recognizing that we are sky, not the weather that passes through it. God of the fire, God of the flame, God of the burning bush, may this fire energize us to get moving in the world, to be the hands and feet 
of Christ. May this water and oil and fire make us whole, burn away all that it is not who we are so that we might enter into the joy of a house not made with hands, a house that can be realized here on earth as it is in heaven. We pray this in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen.